When somebody looks at you in a deficit view with a deficit mindset, your job is not to try to close the deficit. Your job is to close proximity. (laughs) Hello, hello. You are listening to Your Unapologetic Career. Being a woman of color faculty in academic medicine who wants to make a real difference with your career can be tough. Listen, these systems are not built for us, but that doesn't mean we can't make them work for us. In each episode, I'll be taking a deep dive into one core growth strategy so you can gain confidence and effectiveness in pursuing the dream career you worked so hard to achieve. All you have to do is tune in to your unapologetic career with me, your host, Kemi Dole, physician, surgeon, researcher, coach, and career strategist for an always authentic, sometimes a little raw, but unapologetically empowering word. I keep it real for you because I want you to win. So I get so many questions along the lines of, ah, how can I work with you? (laughs) You're changing my life and I want more of this. And if you fall into that category and you are a woman of color, faculty member in academic medicine, public health, or allied fields, then just keep listening. Listen, are you building the academic career you want or hard at work checking boxes on everyone else's to-do list? A successful career doing the work you love doesn't mean you have to sacrifice your values, your family, or your joy. Stop trying to be everything to everybody and get to learning the strategies that will 3x your productivity, hone your passions into funded projects, and create the career you worked so hard to achieve. If you've been to every career development and professional development workshop that sounded great, but didn't actually deal with the kind of institutional pressures you face, if you're working hard, but somehow stuck in inefficiency, putting everyone else's priorities first, if you spent years training and sacrificing to become academic faculty, and here you are still working nights and weekends on the projects you care most about, I'm here to tell you that you can walk away from this institutional mindset forever and take control of your career with clarity and strategy. Every day, I help women of color faculty of all career levels in academic medicine, like you, reframe and recreate their academic life so that they can channel their ideas, passions, and skills into grant-funded work with institutional support and sustainability. And that is why this episode is brought to you by Get That Grant, our six-month high-performance coaching program for high-achieving women of color faculty in academic medicine who are ready to reclaim career control and secure grant funding doing the work they love. In Get That Grant, we help you kick imposter syndrome to the curb for good. So you lead your career with clarity and confidence. You learn productivity and strategy skills for grants and papers to maximize your chances of success without wasting your time, abandoning your passion, or working yourself into the ground. We help you build the foundation for an amazing and fulfilling academic career, changing your life and the lives of everyone your work will touch. Yes, this future is possible for you, and it's waiting on you to make the first step. If you are ready for career success without sacrifice, I encourage you to join our waitlist at kemidole.com backslash grant. 
After you join the waitlist, you'll be notified when the next Get That Grant cohort will be enrolling. Your application process will include an in-depth career foundations assessment, helping you identify the gaps in your foundation that are holding you back from enjoying the career you work so hard to achieve. No more secret worrying that the career you want isn't really possible. This career assessment will show you exactly where you need to focus to level up your experience and your impact. Join the waitlist today to get in line. Visit kemidole.com backslash grant to sign up. Talk to you soon. Hey, y'all. I want to talk about three things that I learned today, um, and I don't have notes, so (laughs) I don't know what's going to happen. I feel like I learn and relearn things all of the time. That is definitely just the norm. And so these are three things that came up today that I don't know. I kind of want to emphasize for myself so I don't forget again. Um, and hopefully emphasize for you all. These are unrelated. So (laughs) here we go. Maybe this will be a new recurring segment. I don't know, but here are the three things. So number one thing that I was reminded of today is that when you have a project that you love, like when you have a project that you just poured your blood, sweat and tears into, and you were just obsessed with it, you love it. It's like a representation of your soul out in the world. And that project has problems or challenges or that work has problems or challenges it can be really easy to want to avoid those and just want to not look at them because they can feel very personal. It can also just feel overwhelming to have to face or deal with them because the project is just so precious to you. The work matters so much to you. It's really hard to engage in problem solving from a detached point of view. But the problem is, and what's true, is that the more you avoid looking at the, the the challenge or the problem, the more you avoid it or try to ignore it, two things happen. One, the more it grows, not as a problem, but grows in your mind. So even though you might not be talking about it or dealing with it, it's actually occupying more and more and more space in your mind. And because it's doing that, you're inadvertently actually talking about it all of the time. So what happens is that when you have a problem that you're avoiding, we have a a challenge that you just don't want to deal with, you think that you're avoiding it, right? You think like, I'm not talking about it. Forget that. I don't want to think about that. But what's happening is because you're trying to push it down, it's actually creating more pressure. You're thinking about it all the time and it's coloring what's coming out of your mouth when you talk about the project. So what actually ends up happening is you you're in dialogue with this problem unconsciously. You're talking about it all the time. You're almost like trying to convince yourself it's not there all the time. When you're talking to other people, you might be unconsciously or consciously trying to make up for the problem, even though you haven't actually really faced it and dealt with it. So what I learned today is that instead of doing that, what we really always have to do in these situations is one, acknowledge how much we care, right? We have to acknowledge like, oh, this project, this work means a lot to me. It's really very, very difficult to look at or engage with or think about this huge problem that might exist. But when we do, when we are able to accept that it matters a lot, accept that something might really be wrong and actually face it and then look at it with clear eyes, it is almost always smaller than we imagined. This is not being Pollyanna. This is not being like, oh, it'll be fine. Don't worry. No. Why it's smaller than we imagined is because part of what makes it grow in our minds is the avoidance. Part of what makes it grow in our minds is that we're like not dealing with it. And so it takes on this whole characteristic. We have all of these like 
fantasies about how bad it is and how bad it could be. And so we've created a larger problem likely that that even exists just because we, because we wouldn't face it. So what I learned today and I want to remember going forward for myself is conversely to the, the deep instinct, um, when you really care about something to have to, to turn away, what we really actually have to do is face it. And the earlier we face it, the less space it occupies, the less time we actually spend talking about and dealing with it. Cause again, you're dealing with it subconsciously anyway. And the more likely you are to solve the problem and keep moving <laughs> or realize that it might not even be a problem to begin with. Like it's just been a problem in our minds. So that was the first thing that I learned today. The second thing I learned today, this is kind of a leadership thing is, um, so I'm going to continue to have a lot to say about leadership. I'm just going to say, but I'll tell you something right now. One of the hardest things to do as a leader is to know when to stop doing something or stop investing in somebody that is not working out. It is so hard to do this. When we have bet either on somebody or we have bet on a process, right? When we have invested in a process that we really want to work and we really hope will work, it's so hard to stop continuing to invest. And so we'll see problems and we'll say like, okay, at the beginning, you're like, okay, this is normal. This is fine. It's going to be bumpy. It's going to be rocky. You keep investing. You keep investing more time. You keep investing more energy. But the problem is at some point you start to notice evidence along the way that this investment that I'm doing is not panning out. What happens is you start to have this like parallel script <laughs> where there's one script where you're like, this is fine. You know, it's bumpy. It's fine. We just have to keep putting, you know, effort in. I just got to keep working on this problem or I got to keep giving feedback and it'll be fine. And you're explaining everything away. Meanwhile, you're like, you're doing a lot of accounting for poor performance, etc. And then you've got this other, you have this other tape underneath this thing that you're not telling everybody, which is like, you know, on some level, like this is not getting better. Like This is not getting better. This is not getting better. This is not getting better. So the problem when we're kind of living this lie where something is not working out, somebody is not working out. Let's just be honest. Somebody is not working out. Right. And we have this, we're pretending and we're putting forth effort and putting forth more effort. And underneath here, we're worried we, this person doesn't have what it takes. They don't have what it takes. They don't have what it takes is we will do this crazy thing. We will reinvest and over invest over and over and over again in the problem or in that solution you've chosen or in that person thinking that that will fix the problem because we can't be honest with ourselves about the fact that this person is not working out. This is not working out. It's like the exact opposite that needs to happen is that we will double down more and more, spend more time, spend more energy because we're not being honest that we actually already know that this is not working out. So it's also really, really hard to walk away when you've put in a lot of effort, when you put in a lot of time. It's this whole thing about sunk costs, right? You've put in so much time. How could you walk away? The problem with that and what I learned today, right, is that it's totally up to me how long I want to spend. It's up to each of one of us how long we want to spend in investing in somebody or investing in a process that's not working. And eventually we have to be honest and say, have I done everything that I meant to do? Have I tried everything that I can try that is within reason? And if that is the case, maybe it's not about needing to invest it anymore. Maybe it's not about 
needing to accommodate for poor performance anymore. Maybe what I need to do, maybe the hardest thing to do, but what I actually have to do as a leader is I have to make that decision that we have to stop. I have to make that decision that we're done here. That's what's hard. What's easy is continuing on, complaining, trying, trying, trying. What's hard is making the decision to say we're done and we're pivoting. That's another thing I learned today. As a leader, that is what we have to do. We have to be able to diagnose accurately when a certain pathway or a certain person or a certain process is simply not working and the solution is to change course. That is what the solution is. There is no more optimization to be had. You have to do something differently. That was number two. Number three, the third thing I learned today is that it is perfectly normal, perfectly normal, and perfectly human to want to appear successful in people's eyes, to want to meet people's expectations, to want to exceed people's expectations. Like, especially if you high achieving, like it's normal to want to do a good job and be perceived well um, by people, by leaders, by mentors, etc. But, and if you have somebody in your world, in your sphere, who is looking at you as a person that has a deficit, that you're trying to meet, you're trying to close some gap. They see that I am deficient in this and I have to close some gap. You must ask yourself the question, is this about something very particular or do they simply see me through a deficit lens? If they see you through a deficit lens, oh, you need to be more X, you need to be more Y, this is not working out. You are never going to close the gap. You're going to attempt to close the gap that you think is there and then the goalpost will change. And then you will attempt to close it and then the goalpost will change. And that is because they are seeing you through a deficit lens. They are still operating with you as somebody who needs to prove their worthiness. If you are in a mentor or a leadership relationship where you are still trying to prove that you are worthy of that relationship, you will never do that. The goalpost will always move. Your move there is to stop proving to yourself that you can meet that deficit, that you can accomplish that deficit and recognize instead that that is no longer a relationship in which you are growing. That is a relationship in which you are shrinking. That is a relationship in which you are getting smaller and smaller. The fix to that is not to try to outperform their expectations. The fix to that is to limit your exposure to somebody who looks at you with a deficit lens. So those are the three things that I learned today. One, don't avoid problems. They become scarier and bigger in your head than what they actually are, especially when it's projects that you care a lot about. You will just end up arguing with yourself subconsciously for longer than you have to. Number two, it is your job as a leader to stop doing things that don't work anymore. It is your job as a leader to let people go who are not working out anymore. That is your job. It is very difficult, but it is something that has to happen. When you don't do that, you will find yourself in a very odd way reinvesting more time and more effort in something that you know doesn't work. It happens to all of us. It is something that you must learn how to do as a leader. Number three, when somebody looks at you in a deficit view with a deficit mindset, your job is not to try to convince them. Your job is not to try to close the deficit. Your job is to close proximity. <laughs> your job is to recognize that that person no longer needs access to you and your ideas and your energy and your hope. 
And that is what I learned today. Thank you so much for listening with me today. I appreciate your time as I know it's so valuable. I hope this episode was helpful to you and I hope you feel energized to go out and claim your unapologetic career. See you soon.